Hey, welcome to the Knowles 24-7 podcast. This is Brendan Sinone. Joining me over uh, over Skype today, Chris Need, Josh Newberg. Couple of uh, house cleaning before we get into what's going to be a really, really busy uh, recruiting weekend for Florida State. Uh, a pretty sizable list of official visitors and, and significant weekend for sure for Willie Taggart and uh, as he's putting it together, his first recruiting class. So, uh, we're recording this on Skype, trying to figure out some things with audio, so bear with us. You're probably going to hear me out of your left ear, Chris and Josh out of your right. If anyone has an idea on how to fix that, please let me know. I'm also leaking confidence because both Chris and Josh are being really cranky with me right now. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to uh, to hand things off to our two recruiting gurus. Guys, big official visitor weekend. Uh, let's start off with, uh, with who we know for sure is coming, run down the list, and then we can kind of detail a little bit on on each guy that's expected in <laughs> I was either one of you can go by the way <laughs> josh okay. put together the actual list this weekend florida state will be hosting six visitors um one commitment and five un- well two commitments i take that back the two commitments that will be on campus are demarcus adams the slot receiver from mainland high school um he committed back in june has remained solid throughout all this coaching change. And then also Jalen Goss, he committed a couple weeks ago. Um, he was Greg Fry's primary target when he arrived, uh, picked up an offer, committed about five days later. He's a six foot seven, 265 pound offensive tackle out of Lowndes um, in Valdosta, Georgia. Outside of that, I'd say the highlight of the weekend will be Xavier Peters. Fully expect him to arrive in Tallahassee sometime today or tonight. Um, he's a six foot four, 225 pound inside linebacker from Westchester, Ohio, that Florida State has been recruiting only since the time that Willie Taggart got here. But Raymond Woody, who's the primary recruiter on him, has an excellent relationship and had been date had been recruiting him back to his time at Oregon. Did you um, say dating him? I nearly said that, but I, I, I <laughs> it's awkward. Uh, then you also have a couple uncommitted guys that will be on campus in Jamarcus Chapman. He's out of Rome, Georgia. He's listed as defensive tackle, but I think Florida State likes him more as a pass rusher. And then Dennis Briggs out of Kissimmee. Um, he's a six foot four, two hundred fifty-two pound defensive tackle, a little bit undersized, but has the frame to add more weight. And then finally, the great unknown. We have—I don't even know if I should even waste my breath saying this—but we have Joshua Moore on the on the visit list. <laughs> At this point, I do not expect him in. This should be no surprise to Florida State fans who has followed this recruitment. Um, he is about as flaky as they come, and I'm told that throughout the week, Florida State, you know, Florida State did go see him on Tuesday, but I'm told they've been working to confirm the visit with him since then and have not heard back from him or his mother. Uh, again, none of this should be a surprise to anybody that follows Florida State recruiting. Yeah, and for people that don't know, what official visits usually for those that have to fly like Josh would, um, they kind of set that up usually by the end of Wednesday is where it usually happens. Now, sometimes it will happen Thursday, Friday. Literally, sometimes it happens an hour before the kid hops on a plane. But in general, when it's planned out, as Joshua Moore visit was, it usually is kind of confirmed and locked in on Wednesday. And with that kid, nothing is ever easy. All right, so let's go in depth a little bit with some of the guys. Let's start with the two commits, Demarcus Adams. Josh, you mentioned a speedy receiver out of Daytona Beach, Mainland. Obviously a position of need. Uh, they've visited him, I think, about three times since Willie Taggart has come in. Uh, this is basically just solidifying his status, right? He's about as solid as they come. Yeah, he gets these visits. He might as well take them. Um, but also, you know, Florida State does want him on campus to continue to build that relationship and get him 
involved in the program. Um, DeMarcus will also serve as kind of a, a quasi recruiting coordinator while he's on there, helping the staff um, build relationships and show these other guys a good time. It's always important to kind of sprinkle in a couple of commitments with the uncommitted guys. It kind of helps with the chemistry of the weekend. You also need a receiver to kind of voice what the offense is going to be like and what David Kelly is like. The exit interview with DeMarcus Adams will almost speak to other targets at that position as, hey, this is kind of a tutorial on it. And obviously that's a position where FSU needs to beef up. Let's uh, let's delve into wide receivers a little bit. Cause Chris, you did something earlier on the week about the yeah, basically each position uh, and how many prospect floors they can expect. Demarcus Adams currently the wide receiver commit. About how many more are they looking at taking uh, for this class? I mean, I think if they had their way, they would take up to four. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's more realistic. They end up with only adding two more instead of four more, maybe three. Warren Thompson's one that I feel fairly confident. Trayshawn Harrison from out west is another kid. He's coming in next weekend for an official. Feel pretty confident there. Antoine Green thinks really falling off. It seems like North Carolina's taking the lead there. And truthfully, Georgia may even be in front of FSU at this point. And uh, then there's kids like Joshua Moore and some others of those type. But there's work to be done. The wild card in all of that, where they could end up getting three or four guys, is probably Jalen Hall. That's an FSU-Oregon battle. He's just a tough kid to really get anything on. Him and his people don't talk. He literally doesn't talk at all. His people haven't said a whole lot about it since. I know Oregon's felt like they had a good chance, but they're trying to get him in for an unofficial. FSU felt like the official went real well, and then they followed that up with an in-home. So they've got a real shot there. I think at the end of the day, they get two to three, not three to four. All right, let's look at Jalen Goss. Uh, Chris, you and I talked about him fairly in-depth when he committed about a week ago. Again, just another solidifying and I'm assuming another good voice to have uh, to, to kind of further the FSU message for other recruits. Is that fair to say? Yeah, they're probably done at the offensive line position with this class. Um, Josh and me have both covered that pretty well. I just don't think there's another target out there who's attainable that they truly want. And I don't think they just want to take a body to take it. Jalen's a talented, athletic kid, long frame, big body. He's a developmental type, but he's a kid that has upside. You know, I don't think he does a whole lot year one, year two, but maybe three years down the road, you definitely see him kind of develop into what they would like at the tackle position. Certainly a, a developmental guy, but yeah, we, we went over that about a week ago for the last podcast. Certainly a lot of upside, uh, but it has to add a lot of bulk, but quick feet, big frame. Uh, all right, let's talk about the defense lineman guys, because it's kind of been a an expanded list that, that Florida State has had. It's certainly an area of focus. And, and to me, it looks like they've gotten guys that are kind of moldable, uh, defensive end, defensive tackle types. Josh, you mentioned Jamarcus Chapman. Let's start with him. So you're saying, you know, he's listed at 6'2 and a half, 258, 260. Uh, he's a guy that they're looking at maybe as a as an edge defender, kind of pass rusher type. Yeah, I mean, they need some big men. So it, it, he, he could fit either. Uh, just depends how he develops once he arrives on campus. And, you know, they'll check him out this weekend, see what he measures in at um, and all that. So we'll know more after the weekend. But, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing more of a pass rushing role for him. Um, whereas Dennis Briggs is certainly uh, going to fit in more as a defensive tackle. Um, but right now, you know, I think they probably got a better shot at Chapman than they do Briggs. I know Briggs is in pretty deep with Miami, and especially with the attraction of their depth chart with those two guys leaving for the NFL. Um, playing time is certainly there for Briggs, and that's what they're selling them on. 
Yeah, I feel like with Chapman, Miami was truthfully in the school early in his recruitment who was way up there for him, and it took him kind of forever to get back in there, and now they have. So they certainly have a very good shot at him. He's also been to Virginia Tech, North Carolina. He's going to FSU, obviously, this weekend. Miami's next weekend for him. So that one's kind of one to watch. I think Miami right now stands out with him. With Briggs, I have a pretty good relationship with him. I've known Dennis for several months, talked to him quite a bit. He's a pretty direct kid. Today, going into the visit, I would certainly say Miami is a favorite, but FSU has a very good shot there. If he's able to develop and kind of have a quick relationship with some of the key guys that he would work with, specifically a Mark Snyder, I think that would go a long way. He already has a very good relationship with Odell Higgins. He likes him a great deal. Odell was sort of the bridge that allowed FSU to have a coaching transition and yet stay very much in it with the young man. The weird thing is when Jimbo uh, departed the program, Dennis actually gave me a quote along the lines of, I was about to commit to them, which went against the thought of most people, which was he was going to Miami. There was a stretch there for a couple of weeks where FSU kind of made a move, and then when Miami had the depth chart issues that they now have at the position with so many guys departing, it's kind of made them the standout leader. But there's a shot this weekend for FSU. I don't think that FSU's out of it with Briggs biting a stretch, but going into the weekend, Miami should feel fairly decent about their position. With uh, with Briggs, so he had the uh, the visit that was pretty much what like the entire defensive coaching staff went and saw him the other day. Um, yes, yeah. kind of been their strategy, right, for some of their their big targets down the road here. They've been sending the house. Yeah, and the funny thing about that, and Josh saw this, was I was trading DMs with Dennis asking if the staff was coming to see him, and he goes, I expect FSU by today, but he didn't know who was coming by. And then he proceeded to come back into the conversation and ask me about, you know, so many guys going to see Malcolm Lamar and the guys at Armwood, and I explained to him there's three prospects there, so offensive and defensive coaches are involved there more so than your normal recruitment. So it was kind of funny. It kind of came off like, man, I hope, you know, they're not just sending one coach to see me in Briggs' case. And then all of a sudden he walks into the office and, you know, there's his parents, his mom, and the entire defensive staff. I think it certainly made an impression and it stood out to him. And I think it mattered to him. I think, you know, if only Raymond Woody or only Odell showed up, it would have kind of – I think there would have been some concern by the kid that do they want me as much as they want Malcolm Moore. Right, he was he definitely – yes. with those DMs, he was definitely uh, comparing himself – on the priority list to what he saw with Malcolm Lamar. So it was interesting to see the entire staff show up. I, I agree with Chris. I think if the entire staff did not show up, I think he would be fully aware of that. Do you think that's good foresight by Florida state staff? Do you think they had an idea that he's a guy that wanted that sort of not attention, but that kind of commitment or is that just kind of how they're going about things? We saw them no, I, with Malcolm. Lamar I think it's that. more about, the time of the year yeah. and how many guys are on the board. And with the early signing period, you know, the, the recruit pool is, is rather small. So there's more of a, uh, more of a priority on the ones that are available. And, you know, the, the staff isn't spread out across America, like, like they would be normally. So I think it's about, you know, just focusing in on what, what's on the board and, and trying to land those guys right now. Yeah, I agree with Josh on that. And I think the other thing is a guy like Briggs, I definitely think FSU wants him, but I'm certainly convinced they don't really want to face him either. So if you're able to land him, keep him from going to Miami, it's like winning twice. And then the the other side of that coin is if you lose in Miami, you lose yeah. it twice. Oh, let, let's go into 
to Xavier Peters. Uh, that's kind of been a, I don't want to say strange recruitment, but there's been a lot of unknowns on whether he was coming to, to campus or not. So where, where does that stand? And uh, he's currently a Kentucky commit. He keeps a low profile, so it's kind of tough to come by much. His head coach, uh, I wouldn't say, has the best awareness of what's going on in that situation. You know, he gave an update last week about what he was doing, and he wasn't doing what he said he was going to do. So it's kind of tough to get something directly. That more so is when you have to work through sources, which Josh has done very well. You know, he was pretty adamant from the word go that he was coming in this weekend specifically to Florida State. There was a talk of Florida bring him in, and Josh just stood steadfast with that. And FSU kept reinforcing that they expected him in this weekend. Yeah. Dynamite dropping, Josh. Uh, so as we're looking at some of the defenders, uh, and Josh, you've gotten a good feel for this uh, slightly. Let's talk about the defense that Florida State is implementing just real quick. Uh, it's going to be basically a four-two-five, kind of similar. Is to what, what I'm done. told. Yeah, it's what you're told. But we'll see. They're going to be told. So they're going to be flexible. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but but what you're going to see, I think. Uh, is is one flexibility with what they're going to have on the defensive front. We're seeing that with the guys that are recruiting right now. Uh, they want big, athletic, rangy linebackers. Uh, so that's kind of what we're seeing with the guys that are visiting as far as what they want to do up front. I think it's kind of going to what Harlan Burnett wants to do and what he has done typically at Michigan State, aside from not having like true pass rushers, but there's not a lot of those guys left currently. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. All right. Uh, you guys want to move on to crystal balls or anything else on this recruiting weekend before we uh, before we move on? I'm game for doing a quickie on our crystal balls. Ball okay. in. All right, let's go, Chris. You put in a couple for Florida State. Uh, people obviously are wanting to know, I guess, your confidence level with uh, some of the, I think, three guys. So I'll let you take it and explain uh, why you uh, felt confident with, with uh, putting FSU to these guys. I went ahead and put one in for FSU with James Foster, quarterback from Alabama. Um, everything we've been told, a lot of people feel it's FSU versus LSU there. Um, I don't feel like A&M's a major player because I don't think he wants to go somewhere that's too far away. He wants somewhere that's driving distance. A&M's 11 hours from Montgomery, I believe, so that's not the case. Um, so it's very much FSU, LSU, and everything I've been told is that FSU's done a very good job, especially Walt Bell since he got hired kind of building inroads there they get the last official it certainly feels like it's trending in that direction and foster's kind of left it open for interpretation he's not saying a whole lot during this part of the process uh Treshawn harrison talented receiver athlete from out in seattle first guy that was offered by willie taggart when he got the fsu job he's not about distance he's willing to go pretty much anywhere as long as he doesn't recommit to oregon where he was once committed he's on an official there this weekend i feel very good about fsu's chances of Closing that one out next week when they host him. And then James Miller, new offer, Armwood Kid. It's an offer he's kind of always wanted. Truthfully, it's the best offer he's got. And he's an interior guy that some members of the staff seem to like a good bit. So I just think he ends up in Tallahassee. Newberg, you put a couple in too this week. Uh, care to expound upon those? I know you don't want to, but please do. I think I only put one in, though. Didn't I with Treshawn Harrison? Was it Treshawn? I think you were the first, or you jumped on that fairly early. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the staff feels confident coming out of their in-home visit with him on Monday. Um, there's still there's still a threat there. I was also told to watch out for Arizona as well. But they get the last visit. Um, as always with these West Coast kids, it all sounds good in theory about 
committing and, and going to Florida State. But when push comes to shove and, and the the pen hits the paper, can they really sign their next four years away to moving 3,000 miles? So um, you always have to kind of be aware of that. And, and But I do think that the staff feels good about their shot with Trayshawn Harrison. I did not put in a crystal ball for James Miller. At this point, I'm a, after, after talking to some people, including this morning, I'm a little bit confused on why they offered James Miller when they did. Um, there's a lot of concern over his grades and that he won't be able to make it in. So um, as of now, he has no scheduled visit to Florida State. I'm kind of watching for that. I'm sure if they wanted to set one up with him, they could. Um, and as of now, I do not know of any plans to bring him in on an official visit. So for now, I'm holding off on that crystal ball, and I'm not really sure why they offered when they did. Interesting. Uh, and you've been pretty thorough in, in covering uh, and helping cover with James Foster, I think, and you put him at your number oh, yeah. number one on the, uh, was it the 10 most wanted list? Yeah. Uh, why is he so important for Florida State in this class for the people that aren't following recruiting quite you know, regularly? You know, a lot of it is optics. You know, the quarterback in the class is always going to be at the top when you, when you talk about the class, and especially since it's a new head coach. It's an offensive minded head coach. It's the guy that he has. It's the only guy that he's pursued at the at the position. Um, they did bring in Michael Barrett last week, but decided not to offer him. So I think there is a premium on that, and it also helps with the other wide receiver recruits. You know, if you ever can bring in a quarterback, you kind of link those guys up and tie them together. And um, at this point, they've spent a lot of time, effort, energy into recruiting him. And I just think that, you know, this is an important recruitment for Florida State. And as much as uh, this is a big weekend, as we look ahead to the the final one next uh, next weekend as well, I mean, you're talking about James Foster probably coming, Treshawn Harrison. I mean, I think the guys that kind of – really elevate this class are still in the fold too, but this is still obviously a big weekend. Do you guys think Florida State has a chance to come away with any commitments this weekend, or is this more about establishing groundwork for a, a couple of guys to, to finish strong? I'm not convinced anybody that visits this weekend commits in the immediate future. Um, Xavier Peters, I don't have a good enough relationship to really speak on. And then Chapman and Briggs, I kind of expect them to play out the string. I think Briggs might take it all the way to signing day, and Chapman has a visit scheduled for next weekend. And with Josh Moore, who the hell really ever knows? Oh, Josh Moore? Who's Yeah, I don't think Josh Moore is coming in. Um, I don't think anybody's going to commit because, like Chris said, these guys have waited it out this far. Um, I think we can pretty much assume that it's going to be signing day decisions for a bunch of them. Um, Jamarcus Chapman, like Chris said, has already announced that he'll he'll decide on signing day. But most of them are going to take visits next weekend, too. So um, I think they just play it out. And there's really nobody that I would put on commit watch for this weekend, at least. All right. And one more quick recruiting update. And then I think we can let Josh go and get his lunch and get his haircut. Josh, how many times a month do you get your haircut? Three to four. Chris? Once, maybe twice. All right. Um, Jay Sean Corbin, former Florida State committed running back and the guy that the staff seemed interested in is a guy they recruited when they were at Oregon. Uh, now, all of a sudden, not looking at Florida State, he released his final three and had TCU, Texas A&M, and got off the top of my head, I think, was it Tennessee? Um, yeah. What the hell happened, I guess, is a lot of fans are kind of scratching their heads. They thought Florida State would at least 
be in the mix to the very end and it doesn't even look like they're going to get that chance now. Well, he decommitted December 3rd among the coaching change. And then obviously FSU hires Taggart and it's clear that Pimpleton's coming along. Those two had a pre-existing relationship with Corbin from their time at Oregon. They were talking. It's been kind of on and off over the last five weeks or so. But here in the last couple of weeks, they had actually been talking fairly regularly from what I was told, specifically Pimp and uh, Corbin were speaking. And Corbin's been weird. I mean, he USC was in there. Clemson was in there. Then he didn't take visits to either of them that were once planned. Then A&M kind of jumps in the picture, and obviously there's a pre-existing relationship with Fisher and with running backs coach Jay Graham, and he likes Graham a great deal. So they're going to get an official. Then Tennessee, where he was committed to before he committed to FSU, comes in there with a new coaching staff, and now they're probably going to host him and Antoine Green next weekend for an official. So it's almost like, Johnny come lately with him and his recruitment. And I think to some degree, with FSU, it was always sort of an emotional decision. He really likes FSU. It's one of those places he's a fan of. But you look at that running back depth chart, and it's not exactly advantageous for a kid to come in there. Mm-hmm. I think he's now looking at schools where it's more of a business decision. Which obviously you can't fault a kid. It's just weird no. that no. that Oregon is enticing to him with that staff and Florida State, the program is enticing to him, and you combine the two, and I think that's where people are confusing. But, yeah, you mentioned the depth chart, and that's certainly uh, – running back's not a huge need by any means in this class because right. of the depth they have established. But I, I think we all liked you – know, we all agree when he committed, we liked him. We thought he was a little underrated on the rankings. And, frankly, as a guy that would have fit in really well, I think, with what Tagger wants to do. But – yeah, yeah so, I definitely I mean, agree with I definitely agree with that part. I think him and LeBourne are the two guys that can do a lot of different things from the running back spot. So they're kind of different than your camp makers, who's more of a straight ahead, run it down their throat kind of guy. You know, and Zaquandre to me more fits that billing than what Corbin and uh, LeBourne can do. So I am a little surprised he didn't take another look at him. But man, recruiting gets weird in January. Kids start making kind of short term not real well thought out decisions. And in other cases or they just tire of what they thought they wanted. And I don't know exactly what happened with Corbin because he hasn't been real talkative about it, but it certainly from what I can gather from talking to people that are close to him, his current decision is very much based on where can I go and play? All right, guys, that'll, that'll do it. Josh, anything else before you go get your haircut? Um, no, not really. I don't think I'm not anticipating any surprise visitors this weekend. Um, so I'm going to go to Gasparilla on Saturday. Hopefully you guys can hold down the fort. And hopefully I'm not too hungover to look at my computer screen on Sunday so I can help Chris with some of these recruiting updates. Sounds lovely. All right, so uh, that'll do it for this Knowles 24-7 podcast. Uh, remember, guys, check back with Knowles247.com through the weekend for updates. Uh, possibly Josh getting on and drunkenly trying to provide some sort of insight on the message board. Oh, no. You do not need to worry about me getting on the site. Oh, you're not even going to. It is the last thing that I will think about doing when I'm out <laughs> having fun. <laughs> All right. So check Knowles247.com for Chris Knee's recruiting updates, and I'll help go. out where needed because I don't really do a lot of the recruiting stuff, clearly. Uh, we do have a, a special deal going on at Knowles247.com right now, guys. Go check it out. Basically, you pay for one month, and you get – five months for free or something like that. Does that sound right, Chris? Four okay. months for free. You're four. paying one for one month and you get five total months. So it's four months for free. So, I know you described it sounded better. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for listening. And again, if anyone can help out with the audio stuff, that'd be appreciated. But you know, sometimes in life, what you get what you pay for this podcast is free. 
All right, Chris, Josh, thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later, all right? Later, all right, guys. see ya.